What is up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. Ladies and gentlemen, we have stuff to talk about today. We made it. We have stuff to talk about. It only took 15 weeks, but there has been something relevant in the world of baseball that has finally happened. I couldn't be more excited. And what we're talking about today, of course, is the MLB draft, which took place over the last two days, the Tigers being at the forefront of that draft with the number one overall pick. This first segment mainly, I'm just going to be talking about Spencer Torkelson, obviously the number one pick for the Tigers out of Arizona State, what he brings to this team, as well as just this whole process. Some people with a few question marks regarding how the Tigers view him, mainly as a defender. I'll talk about that in just the moment, what it means to this fan base, what it means to the city. It was a very cool moment, but I, I am going to start off with a little bit of pessimism because believe it or not, this show, and this is very rare coming from me, this show is... 90% positive today. I have very little bad to say. I will say real quick, once again, the Tigers in this whole process found a way to do something kind of weird. And this was reported by Anthony Fennick, who has gone from being a, a guy that people thought was like the biggest Tiger shill, Anthony Fennick, of course, for the Detroit Free Press, to being like a curmudgeon in a matter of seconds. I've never had any problem with him. Uh, I've never interacted with him. He follows me on Twitter, uh, probably just because he probably sees my dumb videos getting retweeted all the time and felt like, ah, I'll follow this guy and keep an eye on him. But we've never interacted. I have no problem with him. But he did say a couple things. The, the first one being that the Tigers Media Relations Department had one job, make someone from your team available to speak with reporters in hours after the top pick in the MLB draft. But nope. That's very strange and very rare, and it's just another example of this organization. They just do weird stuff sometimes. There's a general weirdness to them, and not like like a quirky, independent film weird. Just odd, and this is another example of that. The other thing is they didn't call Spencer Torkelson to let him know he was going number one overall. I think that's kind of a jerk move. They, they did with Mize. They called him. I believe they called Riley Green as well. You call the number one overall pick. All right? There's no reason to create suspense. He's worked hard enough. I think now that it's happened, we can officially say the Tigers knew for weeks, maybe even months, Spencer Torkelson was going to be going number one overall. Give the guy a call. Don't, don't keep him in suspense. Now, there is a conspiracy theory that I've come up with, possibly that the MLB told them not to do that as a way to try to create a more genuine viral moment. I don't think that's the case because I don't think Major League Baseball is that smart. So I thought that was silly. Give the guy a call. Moving on from that, the moment itself, the moment that us fans had been waiting for for months, ever since the the dreadful team in 2019 lost 114 games, it was everything we wanted it to be. Spencer Torkelson going number one overall. If you follow me here, you probably saw my video on my regular Twitter page talking about it. Wonderful. And more emotional personally than I expected it to be. Now, I was very tired. I barely slept. And sometimes when that happens, I become a very emotional person. In general, I'm a very sensitive, emotional person. And one thing that always does get to me is when guys get drafted and you have the whole reaction of, of them in their homes and their family, you know, draped over them. That's always wonderful, man, because these guys, they work their butts off and there's something about seeing someone's dream come true that always does move me, but it moves you even more because he's now our guy, right? He's he's Detroit Tiger 
Spencer Torkelson. And I talked about it in my video. You know, he is a representation of hope. A lot of these guys are Mize, Manning, and Scooball, and Paredes, and Riley Green are a representation of what is hopefully a bright future here in Detroit. And you, you took a guy who at least one scout referred to as the best bat in the MLB draft since Mark Teixeira 20 years ago. I mean, that is unbelievable praise. And it, it fills a gap that so many people had complained about, including myself, which is that this organization lacked depth in terms of position players. Well, they got a few now, and I'll talk more about that in the second segment. But that that's great news, obviously. The other piece of controversy was that he was announced as third baseman Spencer Torkelson, which was a surprise to everyone, including Spencer Torkelson. And now he was happy with it. He wants to be a third baseman. I think people are making more of a big deal out of this than they need to. Look, I I have no problem with them trying Spencer Torkelson at third base. Give him extended reps at third. If he stinks, you can move him back. It's not like you're moving him from from catcher to second base or something. You know, the first base is a position, you know, it's not saying it's easy, but in terms of defensive positions on a baseball field is one of the easier positions. That's why you see several players start their careers maybe behind the plate or at third base who eventually move to first base. It's an easier position for them to play. If you feel like he offers more to you defensively as a third baseman, give it a go. You can always move him back. Yeah, so give it a try. I have no issue with that. I feel like some people were making a big deal out of that. I didn't really see the issue. Make him a third baseman. Give him a shot. We'll see what happens. The one piece of this that I do agree is insane is the idea that the, the rumor that I heard that they're going to try to move Isaac Paredes to left field. Isaac Paredes seems like he's a good ball player. Isaac Paredes isn't an outfielder. Isn't he kind of stocky? Like, I, I don't know. I That really confuses me. And I think they would be better off potentially trying to move him to second. I think that's a bit of a strange move and a, a major leap of faith, making room for Torkelson at third. So that part of it does bother me. But in general, no issue with the idea of Spencer Torkelson being a, a third baseman. Now, he is, in fairness, the third third baseman of the future that this team has had in the last four years, going from Jamer to Paredes, now to Torkelson. Torkelson, obviously, being the most prized possession of the bunch. If you're looking for pure analysis regarding Spencer Torkelson's physical intangibles, you know, what he brings to a team, there, there's better guys to follow for that. Jay Markle's a great one. Chris Brown, the previous host of this podcast, is phenomenal at that as well. But I think in general, we know what he's capable of. He hits a ton of home runs. He has power to all fields. He's a good athlete. I've talked about his mental makeup. Seems like a dude. I like that. He's a, he's a personality that is very much needed in this uh, sports city right now, especially with the Tigers. If you're looking at a guy who could potentially be fast-tracked to be the face of Detroit sports within the next five years, I think Torkelson is probably that guy. I think that is that is wonderful news. We desperately need that personality in Detroit, a guy who can rake, but also be a good quote and a face of the franchise and potentially a face of the city for years to come. I think that's phenomenal. Now, before we go to break, there is the one question that's been on people's minds. I've been asked it several times since I made the video talking about Torque coming to the Tigers, and that's, when are we going to see him? Now, Tony Paul, who is a pretty reliable source of the Detroit News, tweeted that we will see Torkelson in Detroit in 2021. I have a hard time believing that, especially with the coronavirus pandemic wiping out the minor league season. 
I think even for a number one draft pick, to not spend an entire full season in the minor leagues, I, I think is a bit wild. Now, look, the dude can hit, and he's a great athlete, like I said. So if he goes into the minor leagues and is you know hitting with a, a thousand OPS at every level, then maybe we would see him by by late summer 2021. But I feel like more likely early 2022 is when Spencer Torkelson will make his major league debut, which really, I have no problem with that. That's not that far away. A lot of this stuff, like Riley Green, is still a ways away. Spencer Torkelson, and it's part of the reason why I like drafting college players, ain't that far off. We're going to see him here pretty soon, and I think that is uh, spectacular news. It's one of several reasons to be really excited about the future of this Detroit Tigers core. So that's what I have to say about Torkelson. When we get back, I'm going to talk about the rest of the picks the Tigers made in this draft, how I felt about this draft overall, how I feel about the the direction that this organization is going in. All that will be discussed in segment two. We will be right back. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, Get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Built Bars are tasty. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors, 8 chocolate nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut-free flavors. It says so on the packaging. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. I had my very first one just the other day, the peanut butter brownie one. And unlike a lot of other protein bars, which have a little bit of crunch to them, these, they really do melt in your mouth. And Built Bars are healthy too. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or girl. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. Look at uh, something like the peanut butter brownie, the one I just talked about. That's 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams net carbs. You can try them today, but we have a special offer as well. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back. So like I said, we talked about Torkelson in the first segment, but let's talk a little bit more about who the Tigers took in the other four-plus rounds of the 2020 draft. Their next pick was first pick of the second round, pick number 38. They went with Dylan Dingler, catcher out of Ohio State University. This was a guy that a lot of other people were really high on. Lynn Henning tweeted that 
it was expected Dylan Dingler would possibly go in the top 20. He ends up falling to the Tigers at 38, essentially meaning the Tigers get two first-round picks with their first two picks. I mean, you couldn't have drawn it up any better. This, according to Evan Woodbury of M Live, Dingler measures at six foot three and 210 pounds. It was known for his defense and athleticism, even playing center field during his freshman season with the Buckeyes. His bat came around more slowly, but he made significant progress as a sophomore in 2019 and then got off to a blazing start this spring before baseball was shut down by the coronavirus pandemic. I think another really good pick. I I like this pick a lot because I think this is a guy who is certifiably solid, and and that sounds maybe a bit strange, but I think the Tigers have had issues in recently in the past of taking on projects as opposed to legitimate talent. Now, in, in certain aspects, those projects have worked. Matt Manning was more of an athlete than a pitcher when the Tigers took him. He's turned out to be very good and is expected to be you know, one uh, an elite pitcher here pretty soon. But you get a guy who's a, a great athlete, a solid defensive catcher as well. It seems like his bat really came along his last couple of years. Uh, no complaints. And I think there was a lot of people who thought that he would go higher. Another guy they thought would go higher was the Tigers' next pick, who they took with the 62nd overall pick. That being Daniel Cabrera out of Louisiana State University. This was a big surprise. Not a big surprise that the Tigers took him. A big surprise that Daniel Cabrera fell. Evan Woodbury reporting that it was reported that the Tigers were thinking about taking Cabrera with their first pick in the second round. They were thinking about taking him with pick 38. He drops all the way to 62. A little information about him here reading off of the article. Cabrera, 21, is a native of Louisiana and is no relation to the Tigers star Miguel Cabrera or any of the 16 other Cabreras who have played Major League Baseball. The Baton Rouge native was a highly regarded prospect coming out of high school three years ago who became a three-year starter at LSU. He hit 300 in 444 career at-bats with 20 home runs and a 902 OPS. He projects as a corner outfielder with above-average defense, but his swing has long drawn praise. Baseball America wrote in its scouting report, evaluators admired his standout barrel control and a bat path that stayed in the zone for a long time. Known for his all-fields line drives in high school, Cabrera has started to tap more into his raw power over three years at Louisiana State. I mean, really, first three picks, you can't draw it up any better than that. You get three guys that you wanted. Sometimes in these drafts, you're simply stuck with taking the best player available, not necessarily the guy you wanted, because sometimes the guy you wanted gets taken. It seems like with the, these first three picks, these were guys the Tigers were, were going for. These were guys that they were looking at for a while. And especially in the case of these most recent two that I just talked about with Dingler and Al Cabrera, kind of fell into their lap. I mean, three for three so far, right? 12 picks later, the Tigers got another guy that they wanted with the 73rd overall pick Trey Cruz out of Rice University this coming from Evan Petzold of the Detroit Free Press Central Michigan graduate unlike me (laughs) if you've ever heard of the Cruz family here's what you should know the 21 year old's father Jose Cruz Jr. played 12 years in the MLB for nine teams his grandfather Jose Cruz played 19 years for the St. Louis Cardinals Houston Astros and New York Yankees Trey was drafted out of high school in 2017 by the Astros in the 35th round and again in 2019 by the Nationals in the 37th round, but turned both down to play in college. Hitting 307 with three homers and 22 RBIs through 41 Cape Cod League games last summer helped boost his stock. He played 16 games with Rice before the 2020 season was canceled, hitting 328 with seven doubles, one home run, and eight 
RBIs. He's a switch hitter. It seems as though most of his power comes from the left side. I have a, a very large, well, you know, a, a, I have a following of people from Houston, from Texas, and, and several of them sent me messages saying, this guy is seriously legit. You guys got a great pick. I had a few people saying, who are Astros fans, who said that they felt it, that they wanted the Astros to take him. I think this is another solid draft choice. You get a guy with a lot of upside, a guy who comes from a baseball family. By the time you get to the fourth round, I think that's kind of the best you can ask for is a guy with a lot of potential. And once again, you get a college player. And I think they're really sending a message here that they want to go after guys. And this is strange talking about the the body development of, of college kids, but hear me out. They want to get guys who's who are physically a bit more developed and less of a project than some guys they've taken on in the past. And I think so far you see them taking four college position players trying to fill that gap in the organization, which is a major criticism that they have lacked depth in terms of position players. You get four guys who fill that void so far in the first three rounds. I think it's great. In the fourth round with the 102nd overall pick, the Tigers went with Gage Workman, third baseman out of, ironically, Arizona State. This, according to MLB.com, the six foot four switch hitter is big, strong, and athletic. He's better from the left side of the plate, both in terms of his approach at the plate and tapping into his excellent raw power. Overall, he's more power over hit and needs to cut down on the strikeouts, work more counts, and take more walks to become a more well-rounded offensive player. I think that's a big reason why he dropped as far as he did was the strikeouts and sometimes struggling with inability to make hard contact. But when he gets a hold of one, like it says here, his, his power is is pretty substantial and impressive. He's a solid to average runner, maybe a tick better underway. This is probably a bit more of a project than the other guys that I've talked about so far. Workman, despite being a college player, he's still only 20 years old, so he'll probably ruminate in the minors for for quite a while, but Arizona State has become, at least recently, I mean, it has been really forever, a, a baseball powerhouse, and they have produced a lot of incredible talent. Hopefully, Workman and Torkelson will, will fall in line with that tradition. I think it's another solid pick. They went high ceiling. I can't blame them for that at all. With their final pick in round five, pick number 132, the Tigers took Colt Keith, third baseman out of Biologsi High School in Mississippi. This is a guy who is an Arizona State, another Arizona State baseball commit. The possibility of him not signing is definitely a thing. We'll have to see. But I think once again, very high ceiling. Looking at his his scouting report, on MLB.com. This was a guy who was Mississippi's high school player of the year as a junior last spring after moving from Arizona. Keith is one of the top two-way talents in the 2020 draft. I forgot to mention that this could potentially be a two-way player. Now, he did have arm injuries last year that prevented him from pitching in the summer, but I think overall, yes, another infielder. But the thing about infielders is you can move them around. I forgot to bring that up with Trey Cruz that he was drafted as a shortstop, but there's a lot of people who are under the belief that he'll be somebody who could move to second base, which which, which I have no problem with. I think, once again, Colt Keith, assuming, of course, he signs, even even if he doesn't, he, he'll be a guy who's, it's going to be a few years until he kind of, how do I how do I say this, gets his sea legs under him and becomes probably a legitimate threat to compete at the major league level, but high ceiling. And by the time you get to the this part of the draft, once you get past really the first two rounds, you take the guys with the most potential. And I think they did that with every single one of these picks. Now that I've talked about them, I, I'm going to give my overall impression 
of this draft, you know, obviously limited. The usual major league draft is 40 rounds. This was five. How do I feel about it? Personally, I think this is Alavila's finest hour as GM so far with the Detroit Tigers. I either really like or love every single one of these picks. I think they were smart. I think they've listened to the critics. I think they've filled the gaps in the organization regarding uh, position players. I think there's so much more depth to this farm system now solely based on this draft. I think they were really, really smart with every single pick. And look, they in fairness, they should be. You suck for a reason. You're terrible for a reason. So you can get guys like this. So you can draft better and work for your future. That's the goal. So I'm not going to act like this is some unbelievable accomplishment. It's what they should be doing. If you're going to put together a major league product that is so terrible, you need to develop a rock-solid farm system just to give people hope. And I think that's what they've done. I'm about to say something that's going to make some people very happy. It makes me happy. I've been as critical as anyone of this rebuild. And I think sometimes people get the impression that it's the idea of the rebuild that I hate. That isn't it. Because we've seen rebuilds done right. We've we've seen them be done right within the division recently. I think what the White Sox have done is remarkable. That's a team right on the verge of breaking out. And I feel like if we would have been able to play a full 162-game season this year, could have been a team that competed for a wild card spot. I just haven't had any faith in the people at the top of this organization. And my confidence level, in all honesty, in the grand scheme of things, is still pretty low. In terms of signings and managing trades, Alavila has been a disaster. That dude is about one for 10 in trades right now. Let's not kid ourselves, right? One of the biggest reasons they took a catcher in the second round is because they've realized that Jake Rogers probably isn't the catcher of the future that they've claimed a million times that he is. And unless Franklin Perez magically heals himself, the odds of them officially getting nothing back after trading the best pitcher in franchise history in Justin Verlander are becoming pretty high. That is brutal. And I could go down the list and talk about the mistakes he's made. But despite all the mistakes, despite all the pessimism, I woke up this morning and for the first time since this rebuild started, I saw a very dim light at the end of the tunnel. Because my biggest fear was wasted talent. I've never had any doubt that Mize, Manning, and Scooball won't be phenomenal starting pitchers. Never doubted that. What I've doubted was the organization's ability to surround them with talent. And my biggest fear, like I said, was the the possibility of this potentially elite group of young pitchers getting wasted with mediocre teams around them. But these last two drafts, especially this most recent one, have shown us that this core is growing. Not just pitchers, a lot of position players also. I'm finally seeing them acknowledge the holes in this organization and addressing those holes. We can no longer say that this organization doesn't have solid position players because they've drafted a bunch. And honestly, you can you could say I'm being hyperbolic. In what is probably the best draft the Detroit Tigers have had since the late 70s. You can say I'm hyperbolic. Prove me wrong. I, I've never seen this much excitement following a draft. And my skepticism regarding this front office's ability to build a contender is still high. When the time is right, will Chris Illich open the checkbook? Will Alavila spend that money wisely? I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say probably not. 
But when I look at this young core, when I see how they've drafted, when I watch scouts and analysts talk how through the roof the potential of these players are, it fills me with incredible hope. For the last several years, if someone were to ask me if Avila and Illich were going to build a champion here, my answer would have been a resounding no. Now, it's a resounding maybe. And I'm okay with maybe. Maybe can take us a long way. Maybe excites me. Because selfishly, I'm sick of being the guy who has to explain on a nightly basis why the Tigers suck. I don't want to do that forever. There's not a lot of fulfillment to that. I'm sick of living in the worst timeline when it comes to Detroit sports. And I look around and I see a core of really talented young players determined to change that. And that makes me very happy. So that is going to do it for today's show. Probably one of the longest shows we've ever done. And for good reason, there was a lot to talk about. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2-0. One four. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked On Tigers. I'll be doing a mailbag segment next week. You could send those questions to this show's Gmail account, LockedOnTigers at gmail.com. And while you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a positive review of this show. It would be much, much appreciated. Thank you very much for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a great rest of your day. And go, Tigers.